Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive, our weekly podcast where we share our stories of starting and running our float centers. We love it when you join us each week as we work together to raise our education level on building, marketing, and running our float centers. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Art of the Float, and find us on artofthefloat.com to find show notes, links, pictures from every episode. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dylan. I own the float shop with my wife, Sandra Calm, in Portland, Oregon. And as always, I'm joined with Amy of Float Nashville. And tonight, I'm very excited to bring on our guest, Gloria Morris, who has been on before. We're going to get some updates from her, dive in a little bit deeper into uh, the workings of how she's opening two, three float centers in in, uh, a blink of an eye. It's making my head spin. So I'm excited to talk with her about that. And she's also got an exciting announcement as well. So we'll get to all of that in just a few minutes here. I do want to thank our Patreon supporters this week, Kim Hanan of Sukino Float, Mariana Montes, Tyler Johnson of First Float, Shannon Olson of Zen Mountain Float and Wellness. Thank you guys so much for supporting us on Patreon. I don't want to go into the whole spiel of what's going on with our Patreon. Uh, It's changing February 1st. I will just say if you sign up at the $10 level or higher before February 1st, uh, at that $10 tier, you will receive over 300 high-resolution photos that have been remastered and are in great quality. And um, it's really just, it's kind of a no-brainer deal uh, if you want some materials for your float center. Go to patreon.com forward slash art of the float if you are interested. Also, heads up, guys, the float conference is coming up again, August 18th and 19th. It's going to be here. The pre-sale tickets have already gone on sale. I hope you got yours, but odds are you didn't. Uh, It's only a small portion of people have, but uh, they do keep uh, releasing them. And so what you want to do is go to floatconference.com, sign up for their newsletter so that you know next time they're going to have another uh, batch of tickets go out there. The sooner that you get them, uh, the cheaper as well. And that always, always makes a difference. Uh, always helps when you're starting or running your business. So, uh, do sign up and I'll be excited to see you guys at the float conference. Amy, I think is going to be there too. Amy, are you coming to the float conference this year? I am. And I have my tickets already. Damn, Amy. Oh, I was on it. I was (laughs) on it with my finger on that refresh button at the moment they went on sale. You better believe it. That's great. It's like a great concert. Like, when tickets go on sale, you start hitting that refresh <laughs> button. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly it. Wow. Float conference. You've arrived. That's great. <laughs> 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 when people are hovering over their browser, hitting the refresh button, that's pretty cool. Huge bragging rights for sure. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Well, Gloria, you spoke up already. So I guess you're going to join us for our little weekly intros here. Yeah, that's right. Welcome. Actually, I am going to I'm going to ask Amy first about uh, how she's doing because I'm excited <laughs> to hear about Float Alchemy. I think there's been some progress. I've, I have been uh, pretty far away from Facebook this week, but I thought I saw some sweet headlines. Is that true, Amy? Or am yeah. I? <laughs> yeah. So the cool thing is we have walls. I went today. I know it's so exciting. It's very cool. I know it's amazing, right? It's a miracle. It's it's a it's a float mar- it's a float day miracle. Uh, yeah. um, you know, after waiting three weeks for inspectors to show up, uh, it slowed us down quite a bit, and yeah. we're still having some issues with our cooler, um, mm. which is slowing up the. We'd hoped to have the the tap. We'd hoped to have the tap room open. Uh, that did not happen because you know you open a float center, nothing goes smoothly, and that's just the way it is. Uh, but we finally passed inspection on the other part of our center, and we are putting insulation up. And when I went in today, there were walls up and there were ceilings up, which is super nice. exciting. Yeah. So 
I know. I'm super, super excited uh, because it starts to look, it starts to take shape. You know, when there's just beams up, uh, you, you can't really envision it, but mm-hmm. you start to get a little excited when you see those walls, that insulation going in, those walls yeah, going right. up. Uh, and you can start to see the rooms and everything starts to take shape. So uh, all that should be done by Thursday. And then they're going to, I think painting is next. They're going to start wow. painting some walls. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that said, <laughs> it's still oh, going no. really slow. Uh, it's still going really sure. slow. Yeah, I understood. I understood. I got, I got the S. Can I ask you about the soundproofing in your float center and the around the rooms yeah. and everything? I know that's a big priority mm-hmm. for you and Mark. Um, it is. Did, how did that work working with the uh, construction crew? How did they get it? Sometimes well, that's a hiccup. It is. It can be a hiccup for sure. Mark and I were there every single day. We walked We walked through the plans. And the great thing, the one positive thing through this entire experience, even when things have been tough, is the supervisor that is on the premises during this process has been extremely interested in float tanks and in the process. And he has talked to Mark extensively. And he's anytime he's had a question, he and Mark are in very close contact. Uh, they text back and forth. So throughout the entire process, Doug has been uh, probably a saving grace in this whole ordeal. Because that's not always what happens. Uh, but having Doug there has made this process amazing and fairly simple and we feel really solid about it the only thing that we have had a negative on uh really has nothing to do with doug uh it had to do with the fact that our architect did not quite measure the hallways correctly we had to cut down some walls to put in the float tanks we had to put the float tanks Uh, in before the walls went up Um, and we had to make a plan for how do we change out the float tanks uh before you know, the next time it happens, Mark is finishing up one of his amazing, beautiful float tanks, but it won't be ready till later this year. So oh. we had to make sure we could get these tanks out and the yeah. new float tanks in. Um, so that huh. was a little bit of a little bit of a of an issue, um, but we worked through it. And once again, Doug came through, worked with us to create a plan so that we're not cutting the float room walls. Because, you know, when you cut a float room wall, your soundproofing is compromised. So we Absolutely. knew that couldn't happen. So another plan had to take place. Uh, we will saw, we'll have to cut out the massage room wall. It'll, oh, a massage, oh, yeah, a wall's coming down. But um, but we have a plan in place now. Cool. So we've been lucky. It, I'm a little confused. Yeah, you, sure. you are putting float t- temporary float tanks in there currently? Can you? Yeah, sure. So, you know, Mark is making all of our float tanks for this new place. We have the eight-foot round. We have the cabin that he created. Um, and then we're putting in two of his modified, you know, his modified Oasis tanks. But Mark is actually in the process of creating a closed tank. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, but we just couldn't get it done in time for this space. So he's going to continue to work on that. We're basically, we have the bottom done. We're in the process of making the mold for the top part. But once that is completed, we're going to take out uh, the, I call him modified oasis. He basically made the, the bottom and we just stuck an oasis top on it. Uh, we're going to pull those out and put in his new tanks. Got it. Um, because they're bigger, they're pretty, you know. But they're just, about and they're just not ready tanks. to go. They're just not ready to go. We we still we're still working on the mold for the for the Got top it. half. So we needed to put something in there. So yeah, so things are moving. 
Congratulations. It reminds yeah. me of our Nautilus room where we just had like this pony wall. So like the foundation of the wall was there. And it really looked like, almost like you'd put a sliding glass door there because it was fully up next to where the door went. And it's funny that you could open and close this door and walk in, yet you also just had a huge open gap so that we could get our Nautilus float tank in there. And then we sealed yeah. everything up. And uh, yeah, that would have been utterly depressing if we had to actually chop up that wall because yeah, yeah we couldn't rebuild it the quality yeah with with yeah. uh whisper clips and all that stuff it just wouldn't be possible it's, the hat channels mm -mm. yeah super important for sure super important got to think of these things and and architects and uh architects and uh construction people don't necessarily think about this stuff cuz it's not important to them they don't yeah. understand oh, how sure. that compromises your entire business mm -hmm. so you know it it takes some planning it takes some time but it's all going to work out uh, I'm glad yeah. it's working out for you and yeah. that you caught that before before the walls went up. That's Woo, good. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. For sure. Anything for else sure. going on with you? Yeah. Uh, a few <laughs> things, actually. A few things to share. Please. You know, in the middle of this, uh, something that's come up that Mark and I have been talking about a lot this week is, um, you know, the hardest job really that I've taken on in the past few years is really becoming a boss, becoming an employer. And in the past week, we've had a few things happen. We've had one employee who needed to take a very sudden uh, leave of absence, not sure when she was coming back, because uh, she needed to take care of herself. There was a few things she needed to uh, to deal with. And then we had another employee within a, within a week. Her boyfriend of 16 years, I believe, was rushed to the hospital. Um, they found him in liver failure, and they are putting him into hospice and not giving me much time. So there is this, you know, all of a sudden you go from having this nice, big, happy family to having some really big things happen and trying to figure out how you can, number one, support your employees, but number two, support the staff that is left and trying to make some hard, you know, in some of these situations, we might have to make some hard decisions. Mm. And, you know, in a float center... <laughs> It seems to be because I think people who go into the float industry in general are pretty big hearted and soft hearted. And uh, and it's really been a struggle, not a bad struggle, but a struggle to balance being a, a good boss, running a business as it is a business and being supportive mm. and doing the best thing. For yeah. people that you care about, you Absolutely. know, your employees become family mm -hmm. um, and finding that balance has been it's been really rough this week. And so for anyone else who might be going through this, because we all do, I think, at some point, mm -hmm. um, just know that you are not alone mm -hmm. in this decision and in, in these decisions and in these issues. And uh, it's something I think we all struggle with. Dylan, how how is it for you? How has it been for you as a boss <laughs> and and kind of finding that balance between Caring for, for your employees, employees and caring for, for your business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there are some people who, uh, there are many people who say, you know, it shouldn't be a family. That's not the, the purpose of a business at all. Right. However, when you work in there, and I mean, like when I first started out, we had one employee. How are we not going to develop a relationship, you know? And then from there that it grows and it grows and it grows. And it's just, it, it becomes this really tight bond and it's, it, Family is the word. I, I was called, uh, Sandra and I were called mother and father figures quite a bit uh, for for many years of our business. And it's not something that we wanted at all. Uh, we, we would want quite 
quite the opposite of a, you know a maternal or paternal figure, but it, it it is just what you what you kind of become simply because you're in a in a place of power and uh, and you see each other so much and you bond so much. So, um, and we're just incredibly wise, brilliant people as well, of course. <laughs> but, of course. But um, but I have and and so I mean and I've talked about this on the show plenty. I mean that has caused so many issues and uh, so many. Uh, really heartbreaking decisions when like when you have to let people go or you have to reprimand people and you have to put on the different hat and sometimes it can be very difficult for the other person um, and and it can be difficult for me to just be clean with this is strictly we're in business mode um, but it seems to get easier and easier as we aren't boots on the ground every day that separation um, seems to be easier and easier we can kind of analyze things from a distance pop in, be able to have a communication and pop back out. And that is much cleaner, much smoother. And there's a lot less um, confusion over what somebody is meaning or saying um, when uh, when that happens. So uh, with that being said, I wouldn't trade the family environment that we've experienced. I mean, it's just like you wouldn't wouldn't trade out your family. They can they could be assholes. <laughs> they can be the best. <laughs> they could be all these different things, but but they're your family, you know? And when when you work hand in hand, year after year, that that is what they become. You know, it's interesting you made a point uh, there that you, as you're not so much boots on the ground these days, it gets a little bit easier as you're stepping away from it, looking at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. And I find it interesting with Mark and I, you know, Mark acts as manager. So Mark is there mm-hmm. with them every day. He changes their schedules. He does things for them. And I'm these days pretty much re- relegated to my home office so that I can mm-hmm. focus on on yeah. some other things. I know it's like, you know, you're not supposed to be here. Go home yeah. and go get some work done. <laughs> Uh, and we do have two very different views, so that's uh, that's something very interesting to to look about, and to, to look at, and to think about a little bit more about how you know we do have in some ways a choice uh, to control that proximity. Sometimes we have to step mm-hmm. back and look at it at a bigger angle. But um, you know, now that now that I'm thinking about it, there's also the the warmth that has occurred because of that family feel that our clients feel, and I don't personally know how I could replicate that without having been there and helped manifest that and have these relationships and this bond. Unless you just had the hired the manager who had that the same way that you have it and is able to pass that on and build that. But wow, is that a skill set? And that's just it is the skill set is finding that balance. And that's Mm -hmm. something I have not, (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out. This is something that, you know, this is not a position management being a boss is something that I didn't do a whole lot of. I've, I've worked mm-hmm. solo a lot. I've been, a con- I've done consulting. I've worked, I've been self-employed for a lot of years. So it's something I think I have to work on and, and grow into. And I, I'm sure I'm not alone in that struggle. And, and then I'll also say you're not supposed to always be the good guy or everybody's no. not always supposed to say you're an awesome boss. That's not the job. That's nope. not, nope. that's not what it's supposed to be. Uh, however, <clears throat> my dad, <clears throat> was a great boss and it, it I didn't realize until later that your boss wasn't supposed to be awesome but he was he was very likable and he got the job done so he was kind of good corporate guy and his people liked him so I feel like there is a um, a balance that can be found as well where you ask a lot of your people and sure. it's um, and it's a good feeling yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've always Skillful. kind of held that in my head as something to aim for but I certainly have, have never attained obtained that uh, that pinnacle. But, but I've got to time. Grow into. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We always have to have to have some somewhere to go. Hopefully, up higher. Just got to keep raising yeah. the bar. That's good. That's the idea. And, so and it's yeah, good to have something to strive for. 
it, it isn't, well, I mean, yeah, I like, I always want to get better and better, but it has been interesting how things change too. It's not just you work in this static environment and getting better at this build right here. The build is constantly evolving. You know, I mean, it used to be two float tanks, now it's four float tanks, massage, acupuncture therapists, like there's all these different people, or now it's me not being around the business as much. And so it's just the game itself changes and how I need to manage changes as well. So yeah, it's, uh, you're like trying to elevate and get better while the pieces are moving around you at the same time mm. or the, the ground you're walking on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what our, our new, uh, new float center owners have to look forward to in year seven. <laughs> That's <laughs> good, right. Good stuff. I talked about getting sick last week. There was a mm-hmm. lot of recovery time from that. I apologize. I still at the beginning of the show, man, it took me a little while to get going. Uh, and I've, I've been catching up on sleep and that's something Sandra and I have uh, been doing is, uh, we went on a little vacation, just stayed at a hotel for a night. Baby girl always sleeps really well when we travel. So we caught up on some sleep, just had some, uh, well, I want to say her and I time, but I mean all the whole family, but separated from, you know, work and, and, uh, people in our city and everything. It was really nice to get away. So that's kind of the, the main thing that we did. Um, speaking of managing managing from afar, uh, one interesting thing did show up in my inbox uh, while I was away. And I'm, I, I'm, I mean, this is, this is a controversial thing. It's very odd. And I'm, I'll just dive into it here. And I'm not sure how far we'll go into it. We got a complaint about a piece of art that we have up on our wall. And it's a drawing of Sitting Bull. And there's basically one photo of Sitting Bull. And uh, this woman said that it was offensive that somebody is profiting off of this person's image. And uh, I have not replied to that email yet. And I have a lot of thoughts bouncing around. And Portland is very sensitive to this idea of appropriation. Uh, And uh, some would say too far. and, And I'm sure others would say not far enough. And I'm not going to comment on it right now because I really haven't uh, settled in, and and it, and it really is an an edgy edgy topic. So, uh, but I'm just going to put it out there that that has been something that Sandra and I have been talking about extensively uh, for a little bit here. <laughs> so I'll just let Amy's opinion be be uh, <laughs> great <laughs> of the so far to the float. No. <laughs> oh, good. You know oh, that kidding. is that is a tough one though. Yeah. That is a tough one. I do not envy. I do not envy you. Mm, nor, nor do uh, I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting situation, and uh, we'll, maybe, maybe I'll give an update next week on that. Oh, I, I look forward to that. <laughs> thanks. I also said that our drains would be installed by this episode, and uh, of course that got pushed back a week, so drain <laughs> has not been installed in Nautilus Room, uh, but it will be after the next episode. I'll be so excited on the next episode talking about how all the water drains out of the shower now into a drain. Uh, can't believe we've had that for over a year, uh, like this, but it's finally, finally getting fixed. So excited, even if it wasn't this Tuesday and it affected our schedule and everything. <laughs> Isn't it interesting what float centers get excited about? If any other industry listened to our program, they'd be like, you are getting excited about a drain for real. Mm, you don't even uh, know. It's, I know it's I'm industrial. So <laughs> yeah. What, what was the fix for that? Dylan? Did you have to, did you have to lower, did you have to sink the floor down as well? No, what we found was that it was any fix that we thought we were going to do to contain the water so that it would go down the existing drain mm-hmm. was to, was going to be more work and more expensive and perhaps look tackier than simply putting a drain where all the water is naturally going. So there's if you go into the room, if you look to the hard right, 
there's right. an outlet, basically, like this little place where we put a, a small table with mm-hmm. tissue and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> we are, we're going to drop a drain right there. <clears throat> Pardon me. And, and so there will be some water running along the floor, but it really does run along the wall of, uh, yeah, the right. wall side. So uh, who knows? Maybe we'll still need another fix, but this, this really should be it. That's cool. It's an, it's an interesting approach to that problem. Yeah, I, you know, it's really funny. Don't tell Sandra about this, but she she told me like a week or two after we discovered this, she was like, "Let's just put a drain right there." And I was like, "Oh, oh wife, you don't even know. I, I swing hammers, and you don't know about drains. And I did the research on this flooring, and I told her about how that was just not possible. And we got to design the system of building it up and creating a new slope for the floor. We'll put on new uh, Ultramarine twenty down." And uh, I think she forgot about that because when I talked about putting a drain in, she was really excited and, and didn't give me the eyes. So do not tell her about that because I'm, I'm still looking like the hero right now. <laughs> you got it. Thanks. It'll be our little secret, just us and the listeners. Yeah, nobody, nobody tweets in. She, she doesn't check her uh, Twitter anyway. Uh, so Gloria popped in earlier. So we all know Gloria's here. So I'm going to um, ask how Gloria's week has been. Gloria, how are you doing? Welcome to the show, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I have walls. You have walls. Amy's <laughs> yes. got walls. Yeah. Everybody gets walls. <laughs> you get walls. You get walls. <laughs> I couldn't relate more to Amy because oh, awesome. I am right there, Amy, with you. It's like we're in lockstep. Nice. And yesterday I went into Float 60 Northwest Indiana, which is closest to my house, by the way. So mm-hmm. I pop in there very, very often. And I couldn't believe it. The 24 hours that progressed... I instantly had these walls and, you know, it's gone from nothing to something now. So as she mentioned, and I cannot, you know, agree with her more that it takes a form. You can actually see the Mm -hmm. end state. You can see where people are going to sit down. You know, there's no furniture there, but you have the walls and you have the infrastructure that has been on these prints, but you didn't really believe it was going to come to be. (laughs) And so, yes. So exciting. And I have drains too. I feel like oh. Oprah. <laughs> yes. Drain. I'm so excited. I had my uh, concrete guy here today and we're talking about curbs. Just, yeah. So, so there you go. Oh, I love it. That's great. Uh, first, uh, Brian, if you can post edit some Oprah crowd reaction to those <laughs> statements, that'd be great. So our listeners can enjoy that. Thanks, Brian. Uh, and then um, what kind of floors are you putting in your rooms and, or in showers? So I've gone from doing Ultra products in River North, mm-hmm. where I was doing the white rock around the showers oh, and the okay. ultra floors. So I went really, really high end, but mm-hmm. it didn't look as high end as I expected it to at the end product oh. to now doing um, polished concrete. You oh, know? interesting. Yeah. So I'm doing tile for the first time and concrete. I know. I know. I'm going backwards. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I'd like to talk to you about my tile uh, tile questions later on, Dylan. Okay. I'll, I'll pay you some uh, side <laughs> money to, to help me with this. <laughs> you know we do but. consulting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have to that. say, I have to, to cut in here. I have to say something very interesting. I just went to, uh, last night actually, Mark and I went to Chattanooga to pick up some growlers. And we stopped in at Lucidity in Chattanooga. And I talked to Angela, and Angela just purchased Lucidity, which is a whole interesting interesting story in and of oh. itself. We'll talk about that some other, hopefully some other show. But uh, as, uh, I agree. I, I think she needs to come on. It's, she's a good story. Okay. But um, as we're going through our float rooms, 
she was saying about how, you know, she, she took over this float center and they started, this float center started probably about six months after, no, about a year after ours. And she's saying too, it's like, I know it's not like the prettiest thing, but I want to put FRP or glassboard on all of our walls. And I want to just open the shower so I don't have to have a shower curtain. And it's interesting. It's, it's like we do in some ways regress, mm. but we we're trying to find that balance of mm-hmm. yeah. what works, what's going to make change over fast, what's going to be mm-hmm. long-term. Right. So we're not investing in new floors and in new walls every single year. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's okay. Completely backwards. I think when you first, have the vision of opening a float center and you've never done it before, you kind of have form over function, right? And when you learn that things that are beautiful don't work and you go Mm. for function and efficiency, your entire space changes. So my entire space, although it will look a lot like Float 60 River North from a finished perspective, Mm. the actual guts and how things are laid out are completely different, all for the sake of function and efficiency. I, yeah. I love this topic. Can we keep talking about this? Can... <laughs> I'm living it, man. I'm living it. Living the dream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, this was supposed to be a break from that. I'm sorry. We're going right back. No, in. no. I mean, it's, it's so, you know, pertinent to what's going on in my world right now and certainly Amy. So, okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, I want to ask about, uh, well, first I want to ask about your decision about tile. I do want to do a little ad read here if I can, before we really start deep diving into this. I want to thank Float Fuel for supporting the show. Our newest advertiser here, Float Fuel, delivers Epsom salt to your front door, and they use treated, filtered water through the production to maintain a neutral pH level. And they have the highest purity standards, which means that you're not going to be getting contaminants in your water, and you're going to be basically avoiding that brown water that all of us want to avoid whenever we make our first batch of water. So also when you're, when you're topping it up, you're not going to be adding any particulates in there that are going to turn your water color. Follow the link on the show notes page and use the promo code AOTF when ordering to get 15% off your order, which brings the price down to 57 cents a pound. Also know that shipping on a full pallet order is always free. Float fuel, better salt for a better float. Okay, so tile, and what did you say that you had before for, or man, I say before, what do you have existing now for your showers? So we used an ultra product called White Rock. Okay. And it's a material that is kind of heat welded around corners. You have to have this big special machinery. It's it's stuff they use in hospitals. So it's Mm -hmm. very sterile looking. So if you look Mm -hmm. at photos for Float 60 River North, you know, I trusted um, my architect to kind of come up with the most durable materials. And this certainly is, Mm -hmm. but it just doesn't... um, It's still hard to clean at the end of the day. I mean, it's still... We're wiping salt off. So... It didn't really solve for that problem like I, I expected. So now I wanted to go for something a little bit more appealing to the eye and also functional. Mm-hmm. So I landed on brick tile, which I'm sure you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. That only like achieved half of it, right? <laughs> so I'm still trying to kind of um, figure out, you know, what this will be sealed with. And we yeah. can certainly, you know, have a sidebar conversation about that. But yeah, I went from... Uh, using these very, very, very expensive ultra materials to using porcelain tile and this polished concrete Got it. Uh, with grit. So um, I have a very, very, very interesting concrete guy who assured me he could make sure people wouldn't slip and fall and, mm-hmm. you know, we would 
we would have durability. So it's the way that it's designed, and this goes back to the things that I, I changed, it's very efficient in terms of dry, wet, float, float, wet, dry, oh, nice. if that uh-huh. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So cool. it's, it's very linear, so linear and compact that there's definitely going to be concern around sound transfer between the tanks. So I'm sacrificing some things. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of space in this mm-hmm. Northwest Indiana location, which was by design. You know, I'm starting with a small footprint because it's a kind of a risky market to be in. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's a completely different configuration. And I'm excited about the efficiency, Amy. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yes. I mean, I think operationally, this is going to be just right. Knock on wood. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I you wanna, know, oh, go ahead, Amy. I was going to say, you know, we had the opportunity to, we have such a big space. We had the opportunity to make our float, our float rooms larger, and we actually chose to keep them so compact. Um, and it is for the efficiency. It does. It makes things move quickly. And as much as I love walking into a float room that's this big, beautiful, uh, glorious, wide float room, uh, Honestly, as a float center owner, and I think at the end of the day, I don't think people mind it that much. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it really does work out. And it saves you money in the long run run as well. It truly does. And the more space, like we have in River North, we have five rooms. And the largest room, of course, is the one we take our pictures in. And, hmm. you know, it's the one that I thought would be like the VIP suite. Well, <laughs> it's the one that my entire staff despises because it's the hardest to clean. Um, <laughs> with the way our showers were designed in the first location, there were European showers with very unpitched floors. So water was gushing outdoors. And oh, we, no. oh, yeah, I mean, we've had to do some real gymnastics to get this room <laughs> to even be functional. <laughs> so, you know, I had the br- brilliant Funny. idea of uh, getting a glass um, partition and that was completely the wrong choice because I, I didn't get it frosted because I thought, okay, the motion <laughs> sensors need to see the person through the glass. Oh, I didn't funny. know that oh. it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so not only are we cleaning this big, huge room, yeah, like the, the comedy of, you know, these ideas, but they're cleaning this huge room because every if you give them space, they'll use yes. it. Just like if you give them towels, yes. they'll use them. so true. It doesn't so, even make sense where we find I know, salt. I know. What were you and, doing back there? Our whole vision was to have these these shelves with the towels, and I mean they used every one of them. So now we're down to one towel in this big room, and we're you know trying to, but yeah, the glass partition <laughs> was the biggest mistake ever. So funny. and again, when we aren't full, which is you know knock on wood again, rare that we're not full, but nobody wants to put a guest in room one because nobody wants to clean it. Wow. So yeah, wow. room one. The prettiest, but the least liked yep. by the team. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amy, you did the right thing by, you know, just keeping it efficient. Nobody cares. They're going into the float tank. As long as they have enough room to shower, it's it's good. They're good. All right. I'm feeling a little better about that. They, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that for <laughs> sure. I love that you're bringing up the workflow part of it. The, the, the people, like literally your employees don't want to schedule people in that room and how important that is. And I think sometimes it's hard to explain to folks how important your workflow is going to be, even with smaller float centers, like how quickly you want to be in and out so that you can have your attention be on the outside there. Or if it's your employees that you just, you don't want them spending 
their entire time mop, mopping up the entire floor. You know, that just doesn't, it's just not right. a good use of their time. And That's so it's just right. all these little, little workflow things you can have or where your um, towels are being stored. How funny that they were using all of the towels <laughs> if they're stored in the room. Um, yeah. I guess if they were out of sight or if there's a little lock or latch or something like that, you could probably store them in there. But otherwise, like right outside the hallway or just these things where your cleaning supplies are accessible that, you know, you think you're just going to figure out as you go. But if they're designed from the ground up, they can save you, I mean, over time, so much time. And of course, that's your money, too. And apparently frustration and attitude. <laughs> yeah. And that's the number one thing. I mean, when you've got people working day in and day out mm-hmm. and, you know, working with clients, the last thing you want them to do is dread working Seriously. on one room because you they're frustrated on how you designed it. Right. <laughs> so, you know, of course, them coming into the space, they have no knowledge of what it looked like before and what it took to get you from a pile of dirt entrenched floors yeah. to your end product. Yeah. And, um, it's just a lot of what you have to think about for sure. So I've taken a lot of the feedback and compromise where we had to, but hmm. Northwest Indiana will be very efficient. Nice. Mm. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. And, and the floors are sloped, uh, going towards a single drain, single trench drain. I love trench drains. Yeah. So, so we're jealous. doing a trench drain right in front of the door of the float tank and the shower is the floor of the shower sloped down, you know, pitched down to that drain. And, and a trench drain is like a long line. Is that right? It's a long line cool. and it's running yeah, right in front of the entire front of the tank, the cool. entire floor length. So yes, I'm so nice. excited. <laughs> nice. But now we had to build this, you know, the project of today was building the curb. And mm. so we have to physically build a curb to separate the shower from the dry space and so I had my creative concrete mm-hmm. guy. His name is his name is Vince. He actually has a uh, funny video on HGTV. He's like a concrete genius. I'll have to oh, send wow. it to you guys. Yeah, please um, do. We'll <laughs> yeah, it's that. quite it's yeah. quite funny. He's like a very quirky, creative concrete guy, and he actually lives in a town called Crete, Illinois. Oh Lord! <laughs> oh come on! That's yeah, like your last so, name being calm and being in the float industry. It's, it's, Too cheesy. I know. <laughs> Unreal. Cool. Yeah. So he's going to have a fix. He's going he's he's, to do this right. Yep. We were out there today measuring, you know, the height of the curb. And, you know, we're also going to make some kind of visual so that people don't trip over it. So we're going right. to change the color between the dry space <laughs> to the wet space. And all those things I'm thinking about is he said, you know, it's going to be a four-inch curb. The first thing I'm thinking is, okay, how many people are going to stub their toe or oh, scratch yeah. their scratch their toe on that? So how do we fix that? But, you know, so, um, it is what is, it is. Is there a shower curtain going around it? So remember I talked about that glass? <laughs> yes. We're, we're actually going to do coming back? a frosted glass panel. Cool. That okay. doesn't close all the way, but it's just a little separator. Got it. So the and I'm not okay. Sure so how I was that's thinking like, work out, Dylan, but we're right, going right, for it. sure. So you, you've got this slope, and then my first thought is, well, that's not going to stop the water from just right, going out yeah. there, and then it's trapped out there. So there is something blocking it from coming in. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Got it. Uh, I'm I'm just going to put it out there that I am moving even away from the idea of tile in my showers just because there are places where hands will touch that don't so as soon as somebody turns on the shower like the dilution of water to salt means like it's non-corrosive at that point it's so instantaneous but the touching that happens beforehand on the way into the shower 
just annihilates and it's liquefied my tile and ceramic tile and any tiny little pore or something that might exist will eventually just bore open and yes. look pathetic like in our tranquility room right now where we we basically fill it with caulking that looks like the same color tile terrible right like what a what a lame thing to do so we need to replace the tile but we're permanently stuck with that and you know this happens over years it's not like it happens in the first week of opening but it is interesting to see like i mean we have talked about it before on the show salt's corrosive <laughs> but so here let me we are ask again. you this okay yes. because i i've done a lot of research on this and yeah you know i think what got me going in this direction is i've gone to so many float centers and i see these beautiful rooms and i Look at all the money I spent in River North on that sterile white mm-hmm. hospital panel. Mm-hmm. And I just thought there's got to be a better way. So from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, because mm-hmm. I'm certainly no expert in this, but porcelain yeah. is, mm-hmm. it's all the way through. It's where ceramic is yes. kind of baked on. So porcelain, if it chips away, you're going to get the same look. Exactly. It, now, okay. did you say porcelain? I'm sorry, I must. Porcelain. Yes. Beautiful. Great. Yeah, I think that is the right choice. So I really br- do. It's brick porcelain. It looks like brick, but it's porcelain. Perfect. And okay. I, I believe that's what we. Oh, thank yeah, you. yeah. I think you should be good. I don't think. <laughs> okay. I don't think that's going to go bad. Knock on wood, right? Knock on tile. I yeah. mean, I I'd have to. Actually, take a look at it. I'd, I'd understand it better, but I'm curious if it could still come in through the sides and, and cause some corrosion. What what I've been thinking lately is have your shower stall be very small of tile, have that look, do something artistic, aesthetic, and then throw up the FRP beyond that. And that's basically what we're doing at the shop retroactively. Is beyond our showers, we're having these flanges going out the side because. People are just walking around and their arms are just everywhere and they're touching everything. Salt's going everywhere and it just destroys our walls and it it looks tacky, um, tackier sooner than we want it to, you know? Like we don't want to paint the walls that frequently. We we know we should do an annual something to to, uh, spruce it up, but three months and it's looking old is too soon. So we realize we need to extend the borders of of that and (sighs) and we don't want to do it with tile. because that's going to be the most corrosive spot that's hit, right? Like that's just raw salt. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's that's where my head is at these days to to do that. I mean, yeah, the idea is basically, or the ideal is like what you said, uh, you know, whether it's epoxy or it's a ultramarine floor and then up the walls too uh, and just have one, it, it's just a, a Tupperware box, right? Like water just can't get out unless you open the door. But yeah. it doesn't look good, necessarily. And, yeah. and I like the ultramarine flooring. And there's some really pretty colors. I've seen good stuff. And and uh, I can't think of the other company. There's another one that's uh, does some great flooring as well. I can't think of them, but I think it looks good. Uh, and then the, the walls are the big question. Like, how do you still have this place have a sense of comfort and warmth and not just sterile? And that's, yeah. that's the well, balance. We really do like our floors in River North. They're an ultra mm-hmm. product, but they're it looks like wood. Mm-hmm. So it looks like you're walking on wood floors, but it, they're very, very good, durable. Cool. I don't like my Altro and the other parts of the studio. But yeah, you know, I, I met this Vince from Crete and I yeah. kind of fell in love <laughs> with his character. I'm like, you know nice. what, we're going we're gonna to just scrap the Altro and you're going you're gonna to make this work for me, right? And he's, cool. he's totally down with it. And it may be an epic fail, but I do feel yeah. like we're containing the space so differently. I'm taking a calculated risk that we're going to yeah. contain the salt as much as we can, but 
that's kind of a silly statement, I know. <laughs> no, it's what every single one of us does every time we build a float yeah. room. <laughs> that's exactly compromise. what we you do. You compromise, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm more concerned with the... And you just take what you the, know. Sorry? Yeah. I said I'm more concerned with the um, the affiliate tank from Jeremy that I bought. Yeah. Is It was kind of a last-minute substitution mm-hmm. player in the game. Mm-hmm. I had the lineup of four wave rooms, oh. and there were some customers in uh, Indiana that really wanted the tank, and I want the tank as well. So, you know, I was going back and forth between doing a Samadhi again, because I have a Samadhi in River North, or okay. I've always loved Jeremy's affiliate tank, you know, yeah. with the dome, the bubble. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm, yeah. So I, I had to have one. Nice. And unfortunately, <laughs> again, it was an afterthought after the plans and I've got this thing wedged between two walls <laughs> where we're trying to figure out how we're going to even get the damn door to stay open once we open it. So yeah, I text oh, Jeremy in a panic funny. state tonight <laughs> saying, um, I'm going to need your help here. <laughs> so oh, God. yeah, we've got some <laughs> challenges to overcome, but you know, it'll, we'll work it up work it out yep, somehow. Yep, yeah. 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 Absolutely. You'll, you, you will work it out because you have to. <laughs> right. It's there. It's not moving. Did you have some ideas? To... Um, he sounded, <laughs> he sounded, he sounded a little panicked because it's not actually installed yet. So the mm-hmm. float tank, he delivered the tank, which is just oh, wow. gorgeous, by the way. He delivered it the day after Christmas, him and his uh, wife, uh-huh. Carlin came in uh, from Nebraska with this massive, blue tank <laughs> so it was kind of sitting there all by itself and we didn't actually put the filtration equipments all in my garage here nice. and so uh yeah he 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 got a little quiet on text message for a minute like he was <laughs> thinking then he gave me a hmm oh, so i knew right. that it wasn't like a no-brainer right <laughs> so, <laughs> this is what you do so i'm gonna yeah. facetime him tomorrow to deal with what we've got and see what happens all right. Good luck. <laughs> Let's know how it goes. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You just lean it up against the wall. It just becomes a vertical tank. Super easy. <laughs> right. Super quick response from Jeremy. Awesome. Uh, let's see here. I, gosh, we totally went a different direction than I thought we were going to go with you, Gloria. I, I was curious. Um, is it, is it, are you opening two centers right now? Because I thought that's what we had talked about last time. Or is it, are you just opening one at the moment? Where, what is going on with you, Gloria? <laughs> and and so, can you refresh yeah. people on your timeline as well? Yes, I will, I will kind of back up. So um, Float 60 River North, we've been in business two years on February 13th. And about a year nice, ago, congrats. thank you. Uh, about a year ago, we locked down what we thought was going to be our second Chicago location and we referred to it as Float 60 Grant Park because it was right across the street from Grant Park in Chicago. And after a whole entire year of epic legal negotiations on the lease and dealing with some issues related to asbestos and HUD and all kinds of fun stuff, um, I actually had to give up and start over after investing a significant amount of money into this space. So we're talking, you know, I mentioned a lawyer, so you know how that goes. Uh, We're talking, you know, full, full full-blown engineering, architecture, prints, everything. So, um, 
so much time as well. Yeah, yeah. So long story short, I had to pivot. This was a, this early November, this past November. I woke up to an email saying that the landlord had need, needed like 90 more days. And I'm like, you know what? This isn't going to work. Wow. And I was crying that morning. And I told my husband, my husband woke up like, what's wrong with you? Why are you crying? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, you know what? I got to find a new location. This is just not going to work out. So I was just chasing it and chasing it. You know, you just get emotionally connected, financially connected. And um, I had to make the tough decision. I did not get out of bed that day. Oh, wow. I was pretty upset. And the next day I went out on that damn blue bike again. You know, if you remember my story from the first time around, that blue bike is kind of symbolic when I'm beaten up and I'm crying. I'm usually on a blue bike. And I went looking for another location. So, uh, yeah, we are actually going into permits because we had to basically start over. So my architect started over. Yeah. Um, we have full prints now that are ready for, uh, you know, release to the city. And so that South Loop location, because it's just a couple blocks away from where it was originally, is um, all set. I'm locked down with a lease. You know, they've got all my money. I've got my my loan all ready to go because I am doing a loan for that location. And in the meantime, I had started working on this third location, which was Northwest Indiana. So basically, they flip-flopped in Indiana's oh, okay. opening first uh-huh. because of all the delays. Got so it. yeah, Indiana should open in 27 days, and uh, which is just about two years from the birth of Float 60 River North. And then this new location, you know, I'm saying summer now because mm-hmm. the t- the clock is ticking officially. So Got it. Got it. Yeah. 27 days. When you said that, that feels so real to me. My heart just went, oh, oh Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> real. And, you know, again, to Amy's point, when you get to this stage, things start really getting momentum. <laughs> so every day that you go in, something changes. So it's mm-hmm. really cool to see the progress, you know, it goes from feeling like nothing's going on and you're not really able to see progress to now, you know, it's, it's on full blast and pretty soon you're going to be open. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. You go from, Oh my gosh, nothing is happening at all. Mm. What do I do today? I'm not sure what to do because I'm not sure where we're going to be to all of a sudden it's like, Holy crap. Okay. I've got to have this going. I got to get this, make sure this is ordered, make sure this yep. is lined up. I got to make sure my marketing's on point. I make sure, you know, it's, yep. it's like zero to 60, little little 60 there Uh, zero to 60 it is overnight we had no walls as of saturday and we're recording this as of tuesday and my walls are almost done yes yes it's insane yeah you guys are on a very similar trajectory here we are we are almost to the day you you said 27 days i'm behind you by maybe three days well you know then we could be opening the same day right because anything can happen yeah right right. seriously and and i don't know about you amy but you know it's a soft opening so I've already got my floats yeah. blocked. I've got people who I trust who are going to come in and try it out. One mm. being my my husband who got me into all of this. But um, we're we're going to, cool. you know, kind of ease into this. And I'm expecting that we're going to open with one affiliate short because this might be a crisis <laughs> we're dealing with. <laughs> Somehow we've got to get the heater underneath the tank. Um, but yeah, it's it's just happening super fast. Now I hired my first employee today oh, wow. for this location, which was really exciting because this is this is my home. And right. so I know a ton of people here. So it mm. just so happens the person I hired happened to go to my kids' high school. So 
things start to get really, <laughs> really strange, unlike River North, where I knew nobody. Totally. Yeah. How, how did you find this person? How did you put it out there? And have they floated before? Well, we make everybody float before we actually offer them a job, uh, <laughs> nice. for sure. So she actually did go. She hadn't floated before uh, interviewing with us, but is very into health and wellness. Uh, we found, we posted on Facebook, I think for the most part for this particular hire, and it, it's been on our website for a long time. Mm. So, mm. um, we have an employment page with all three of our locations and you could check which one you're applying for. And oh, cool. we have applicants from like a year ago when I, I announced it and put it out there, sure. which was kind of cool. So we've reached out to all those people, but we're interviewing like nine more people on Thursday and, yeah, but today was a special day because it is the first one. Now, you, um, I think your manager's position is incredibly important at your original location. How are you planning on, what's your plan for this, for this new one? Yeah, so this kind of goes back to the original strategy for Float 60 and how my role would play out and, you know, the vision for the team. So mm-hmm. um, I have one critical uh, position, which is our director position. And that um, is uh, very well managed by Lisa Martin, who some of you met at the float conference. She ran the float Olympics and uh, she's just a great personality. I'm sure a lot of you met her. Um, So she's been with me for two years. And so when I hired her, it was always the idea that if we did grow to more than one location, that she would kind of oversee operations And so I had her hired, you know, from day one. And that was a, that was an investment that I made so that I could basically still do what I do for a living. And that's working in the crazy world of technology that changes every day. And so it was a very conscious decision to have her in place with this vision all along that if we did grow, she would, you know, step into this, this oversight role. So right now we're not planning to hire a manager, like an, an actual manager at this location, between myself and, and her, we will oversee the operations. Nice. Um, and then now the manager in River North that we have becomes really more of a property manager where he's you know, more in charge of this local location, Got where it. Lisa's more of an oversight. So she's transitioning a little bit. We're getting a lot of our systems in place. Um, Amy, I heard you talking about systems the other day and mm. I got that little tingle inside. <laughs> you guys, yes. A little bit of excitement. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I, get I, it. I have to have systems because mm-hmm. I'm not physically there. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have to set up all kinds of infrastructure to communicate. And my goal is to make these teams feel like they're on one team. So I took a big leap of faith. I don't, do you guys use Slack by any chance? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So yes. do you use it at the Float Center? Actually, that's funny. I said, oh, yeah, so hard that for Art of the Float, we use Slack. We use Helm for basically what Slack does in, inside the Float Center. Okay. So so do I. And so I've been using Slack in the IT world for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And it just occurred to me, and you know, I talked to Graham and uh, Ian about this as I told them I was kind of transitioning, I was hoping there was some kind of connectivity we could have between Slack and Helm. But, um, you know, it's important for me to have this intercommunication between the teams. And so Mm. Slack, I think, really executes on that well. 
when you're working in other parts of, right. you know, you're not working the same place. So we use the logbook in Helm religiously. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just transitioning my team in River North to start to use Slack so that we can. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I've got all these channels set up and all these <laughs> apps integrated. Like I'm totally nerding out and Great. doing all kinds of, you know, you can order through Amazon through Slack. Yep. Oh, yeah. I there, there's very little you can't it. do through Slack these days. It's, I love it. It's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we started doing that. We have a little Amazon wow. bot going. Slack crazy. was down for like 10 minutes and the world stopped working uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Slack yeah. Is, a, is everywhere. Um, Real quick. I'm sorry. I have to ask a Slack question <laughs> uh, because we use Slack. Uh, so huh. we have float at, we have float Nashville and of course, you know, Float Alchemy is our new brand that we're going to be using moving forward. So with Float 60, do you have one, do you have, do you use mm-hmm. one Slack for all of your locations? Because right now I'm struggling with, I did set it up for Float Alchemy. I have Float Nashville because there's some different things in each location. And I felt it would get confusing, but what are you doing, Gloria? Yeah. So we could have a whole hour long conversation on, on this because it was, very deliberate how I set this up because I I had to really think through it because I had the same idea to do kind of two separate ones. But Mm -hmm. the goal, again, going back to why I brought this up is that the team feels like one. So if you're going to have them separate, you know, Helm does a great job. But because I wanted this interconnectivity between the two teams and the Mm -hmm. third team that's coming on board and myself, basically I set up individual channels for each location and then various topics that override to both of them. So for example, when we intake waivers, I've got the emails going to an online waiver channel and both locations will work on inputting those waivers and the data from the waivers into the customer database, right? So it feels like they're both working on the same team. If they were separate Slack programs, you wouldn't be able to accomplish that. So that's just my suggestion. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but these are some of the things that I think having multiple locations, you have to kind of think through what are the topics that they should be communicating on together. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do you give permissions at one and not the other? Because you can still have private channels and you can clean that stuff up. But yeah, we kind of want everybody helping each other. So yeah, it's... I feel like it's going to work really well. The problem is I haven't really trained them on how to use Slack. So there's a little learning curve sure, that, you know, I haven't done a good job with the online training yet. I'm working on that next. So I don't know if that helps, Amy. Yeah, it it does. We're like, like you said, we could probably discuss this for an hour. I have so many (laughs) questions, but this is not the show about Slack. So I will, (laughs) I will. Stop People right are probably there. like, what? Why we'll, Slack? Yeah, but we'll Helm, talk I mean, later. Helm does a great <laughs> job unless, you know, you want to kind of do multiple teams communicating at once. And I'm sure they could do it too, but just some of the other functionality I was looking for, I think it's going to be a nice addition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if I'm, I'm picturing Graham having an answer for this right now, just with their, um, their projects, uh, yeah. I think they might be underutilized, but I think you would be able to work that out the same way that Slack operates with their with their projects and being able to give permissions to different people using that would, would be the way to do it. 
But um, you can't send memes back and forth. And that was the key piece uh, of functionality that I was Graham, looking for. Graham, are you listening? Graham knows. Graham knows. I, like, I, he's like, what are you trying to do? And Because they're just so accommodating. You know, right, I, have, yeah, I gave totally. them a shout out last time. But they, they totally, everything I've asked for, they've just been so gracious. But I'm like, but can you send files? Can you send memes? Yeah. Can you send photos? You know, so that's, I'm trying to build a community. That's really interesting. I mean, I, I think... Uh, Brian is probably the king of this, but just sending a meme or a, a news article that gives you a chuckle. Um, and sometimes, sometimes it's serious, but usually it's, it's just something funny that we all get because we're this little tribe, right? And yeah. Right. Those things really do help build the community. Of, yeah. For That's like the, the number the one goal. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And you get that you, you knew that's something you wanted to, to continue. May I ask? Yeah. I'm going to ask both of you, uh, Amy, this, since you're, you're both just about to open, uh, and you have a second location and Amy, we've, we've talked about this before, but I'd love to hear it coming from both of you kind of in a discussion man, uh, man format, but why are you opening multiple locations? What was the drive to do that? Is it financial? Is it simply how, how far can I take this? I mean, all, all the things I'd be, I'd be curious. So in Chicago, it's definitely a necessity for us just because we've been, really full most of the time. Mm. So we wanted to add additional float tanks. Um, I always wanted to put one in in Indiana. So I thought maybe we would have two. When I first opened in Chicago, I thought I would have two. But having the second one in Chicago is a big deal to me just because we don't want to be turning people away. And we are trying to kind of see what neighborhoods could tolerate having this type of amenity and there's a, there's many of them, right? So mm. anytime somebody wants to open a float center in Chicago, it totally, you know, is great because we, we need to grow it in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's one going literally a block away from me, so I'm not thrilled about that, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a big city. So I think that was right, my right. number one reason, but for Indiana, it's mostly selfish because I need to float more. Nice. I'm from here. I want to have my business here hmm. um, and not have to travel into the city as much, you know, because we're where we are is about 45 minutes south of the first location. So, okay, okay. Just to give you some perspective, because yeah, most okay. people that don't understand help. that it's so close, but it's basically a suburb of the, you know, the Chicago locations. Amy? And, and for me, you know, when we started Float Nashville, we were the first float center in Tennessee, and we didn't know what was going to happen. We, were, we felt we were taking a pretty big risk. We wanted to minimize that risk as much as possible. Some of that was a choice. Uh, some of that was nobody else would allow us <laughs> to. We were turned down so many times for a lease. I, I can't even count them on my fingers uh, because nobody knew what it was and everyone was, was concerned. So when we finally found a space, the overhead was small it's only 1100 square feet and all we could fit in there we started out with two float tanks and a massage room uh we came to understand as as it began to grow that three float tanks uh, was not enough for us for both my partner and i to create an income that was was viable for us to to live on Mm -hmm. and it was very um 
limiting in some aspects. In some aspects, the great thing about Float Nashville is it is a dedicated float center. And there's something really special about that. And it's something that a lot of people don't have these days. And it allows us to really focus on something that we love and that we know really well. But on the other hand, you know, after a while, you want that new challenge. You want something new. You want to be able to, as you learn more about things that can help the people that you work for, you want to be able to give that to them. So we had always planned to move into the Murfreesboro location. However, we decided we wanted to expand, and we could expand by putting in more float tanks, which we did. We now have four float tanks at this location. Uh, but we wanted to do something a little bit different. And it just so happened that this building that we found you know, it was 5,800 square feet. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother episode. But um, <laughs> we had to, you know, it was kind of in, in some ways in desperation. We have to fill that to, to cover right. the overhead. Uh, so we didn't quite plan to expand that much. Uh, however, you do what you got to do. Um, but uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you just kind of go with the flow. It's a great location. We just couldn't turn it down. Um, but it's a growing neighborhood. We wanted to support the community. We wanted to support the neighborhood. I wanted to play with some things that I can't do at Float Nashville. We have a whole uh, division of, of community service and working with nonprofits at Float Alchemy that we could have never done at Float Nashville. Mm. So, you know, it's for the challenge. It's for being able to support myself and my business partner who by the way for those of you who don't know mark is not my husband some people <laughs> think that mark's my husband um so no we both have two you know two separate families oh funny it, right we'll start yeah, mentioning that is... at the top of every show she's got a husband um, i've got a husband but but i love i adore mark mark is my work husband mark my, my well, don't husband go actually say first to mark is my work husband i've got See, my that's home where husband the lines my muddied, amy you gotta be yeah. careful with that yeah right oh yeah no. uh yeah i gotta take chances in this world's all good. Um, <laughs> wow, well, well, okay. uh, um, but yeah, so it was the challenge. It was a financial reason. It was mm-hmm. it was because we wanted to see our our dream grow. So a few things. Dylan, cool. I've got Love to it. jump mm-hmm. in because you know, since Amy brought up the financial part of it, I've got to jump in and share this other mm-hmm. main reason that I cannot wait for Chicago's second float sixty. We did not have the space to do a washer and dryer in our first location. (laughs) And I am so excited to fire the company we use Uh, as a service. We, I may have mentioned this before, but when we first opened, I had this vision that we'd have these white fluffy towels and these robes and, you know, just be luxurious. And now we've got these itchy, scratchy, rough towels that are cleaned you know, the, the good news is that they're sterile by the time they get to us because they go through this big medical cleaning. Totally. But I spent... But you can scrape off your dishes, even, all, the, all the old food. Exactly. Dishes, yeah. But I won't even tell you how much money we spent on towels last year. Because not only do we have to wash our outsource our regular towels, but we stopped using the robes because that just didn't even make any financial sense. Um, but even our shop towels, right? We we have to take... the Poor Lisa's been taking mm. those home and... Then we started using this other outsourced service. So I'm excited to announce Jeez. that in December, we bought a little Ford Transit Connect, one of those little like commercial minivans. Okay. And we're going to wrap it with a Float 60 <laughs> logo. And yeah. we're 
our South Loop location will be like the main hub for. Holy crap. For, yeah. And we're going to save about $10,000 doing it. Oh my God. So that should give you some perspective on how expensive it was. So I've never been so excited to buy a washer and dryer (laughs) in my life. Amy, you brought it up (laughs) earlier, like. (laughs) <laughs> Almost every topic we've talked about, anybody listening would be like, why the hell are you guys excited about a shower drain? Why are you excited about the walls, tile, yeah. laundry? Oh my God, laundry is such a huge component of your float center that you nice. will find a way to work around. You will huge. get it to work, but it could be the bane of your existence as well. My question is, who is folding all that laundry? Who is doing that? Because that became a full-time job at the float shop for one center. Mind you, massage, yeah. acupuncture stuff. Like how, how's that going to break down? <laughs> Well, we are, this is what's really horrible about the towel service. They come in these big plastic bags. Uh So we have to, instead of, we don't just pay them to bring them. We have to then fold them up, roll them up and do our thing with them anyway. So there's really very little difference (laughs) in labor because we're still folding them and rolling them. Right. So yeah, and I'm I'm not joking when I say I mean it's going to save us a ton of money. Yeah. So going back, all kidding aside, I mean that is a very serious reason why um, you know having a second location is going to be so helpful. But everything else from a financial perspective really um, changes. <laughs> if if you're doing a ton of advertising, which we've done yeah. a significant amount of Facebook ads and, and various things you know, all of that becomes neutralized over three locations versus mm-hmm. just the one. So instead of one set of books taking that hit, now it's spread between three. Mm-hmm. So everything we're doing um, really does become more efficient and, and hopefully and you don't need all to pay more. For, for two Lisas, right? Like you don't need two of that position because she's going to be. Correct. Correct. Which, I mean, really, that's a bottom line, right? That's going to be right. saved. It's a bottom line. I mean, of course, I'm going to give her you know, a a differentiation, but you know, she's, she's going to be driving. She's the one driving this van, by the way. And she wanted to, I did not because (laughs) I I'm Italian and I get road rage and I should not never be driving a truck with my business's name on it. (laughs) Right. That's exactly (laughs) why I don't have the float shop. I would would never drive it. So literally I've got the ice cream truck sitting in my driveway right now. It's not wrapped yet. (laughs) It's just waiting for Lisa to come and, you know, pick it up. But we're, uh, that's great. But yeah, it's just, I think having the multiple locations, I'm certainly excited about the economies of scale of having three supported by the same mm-hmm. advertising budget, marketing budget, and you know all the various things. The, even the, the technology uh, money that I spend on various things right, will be yeah. spread between everything. That's great. Yeah. Um, you know, that makes me want to ask a question we probably should have started out uh, going into. And I know we talked about it a little bit in a previous episode, but your background is in marketing. I mean, can you tell me a little bit more about where you come from and yeah, how you're so, applying that to your float centers? Yeah, I've worked in various uh, capacities. You know, I, I, I've had different types of positions that sometimes fall into marketing, sometimes fall into analysis. But when I first started my first business, it was 2002, and I started a company called GIA Marketing. And those were my initials at the time. And it also stood for groups, industries, and associations. So Hmm. basically I was niching uh, marketing services for helping groups, industries, and associations, including nonprofits, Amy. So I figured that would be something near and dear to your heart. Absolutely. Um, So I've had that company since 2002. But 
it's always been on the side. So I've never really put full-time resources into making that all I did. I always kind of had it on the side for pet projects or did stuff for free. Hmm. Um, and I've worked in various other technical positions that usually helped marketers. So even today when I work in technology, I usually work with marketers. I help people, Hmm. um, segment their customer databases and, you know, look at propensity to buy, you know, various things versus, you know, what they, it's basically like marketing segmentation at the end of the day. Um, so I work with different technologies and, uh, yeah, everything that I've kind of learned through the years, I've tried to apply to float 60 Mm -hmm. and, you know, various other businesses, you know, I'm very critical of myself and I, I get angry at myself because I know I've, if I were consulting my business, I would say, well, you need to be doing this more. You need, but you, you just, oh, right. you, you can't do, you know, I just can't do it all. So this is right. where, you know, scaling myself a little bit is, um, mm. I need to add some more resources to help me with the day-to-day things that I want to get done at Float60 because I do all of the marketing and the administration and, you know, paying all the bills and all of the stuff that, you know, it takes to uh. run the business. Yeah. That's not that something I delegate, right? So, right. Um, but yeah, so that's my background. I'm working with data, working with uh, usually customer data, but sometimes other types of data as well. So yeah, it's it's uh, interesting how that's played into this business mm-hmm. and not played into this business <laughs> too. Well, you you mentioned the idea of well, if I was consulting and I what I would tell somebody is focus on this and that. And I guess we should go ahead and make our big announcement here, since that's such a lovely segue, Gloria, which is that Gloria is joining Art of the Float team for consulting. That's exactly what she's going to be doing with us here. And if you go to artofthefloat.com and go to the consulting tab, you'll see her bio there and uh, see some of her strengths. And uh, basically what we're doing is we're launching our consulting as not just get in touch with me is basically how it's worked in the past, but we really want to diversify who you're working with. So you're working with the best person for your needs at the time. So um, it sounds like if you want to talk about tile, maybe Gloria will be the perfect person a year from now. <laughs> she'll know exactly how that worked out. But I'm for, hoping. For free. Yeah. She'll, she'll tell you ceramic worked perfectly well and there were absolutely no issues. <laughs> that's, that's what you should do. Um, again, knock on wood. So, uh, but you know, that's probably, probably my wheelhouse. And, um, you know, even it Brian behind the scenes, he's, he's not always on the podcast, uh, but, uh, he has a ton of information that has helped our workflows, um, at the float shop and out of the float podcast. And, uh, yeah, my goodness. So, um, yeah, uh, Gloria, welcome. Welcome to the team. It's uh, absolutely wonderful to have you here and uh, boost what, what we're doing. Brian, I don't know if, and Amy, if there's anything else, and Gloria, if there's anything else you want to share about what we're doing here. Well, I, I have to say I'm very excited and very honored to join uh, the team and help in any capacity. You know, we answer a lot of questions already, but, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it just feels like people do need more time and you, you know, have to allocate more time and schedule it just to give it the service that it really needs. It can get complicated. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be great to be in great company with all of you. 
Oh, thanks. <laughs> and that sounds very much like the growth that we had a while back. And we talked about it on the show, how at a certain point you're answering so many questions and having so many phone calls or Skype conversations, uh, an energy trade uh, makes, makes a lot more sense. And the financial trade makes it so, okay, you have this hour, they're invested, you're invested, and that flow just starts going. And uh, I've said it probably a million times on this show, um, consulting is um, so important. I mean, just having somebody who has been there and gone through this or done the research on these particulars or has the background in these particulars uh, is going to be worth your time and money uh, over and over and over again rather than doing it yourself uh, all alone even if you're just doing the research and, and just the way that it can get you around these things, like the workflow that we were talking about earlier um, or the, the room designs, the marketing, all these things that basically can get you locked into a permanent situation where you have to be putting up a glass wall. Oh, that glass wall didn't work. You know, the, um, there's, there's a sensor that, you know, other people have already gone through these lessons and figured it out. Do we know everything? No, nobody yeah. does. This industry is still evolving and we're still figuring it out. But collectively, we've got quite a few years under our belts and, and a number of float centers as well. So um, I'm excited to uh, diversify our, our consulting and make sure that we're giving everybody exactly what they want as we, uh, as we work with you guys. And hopefully, um, you can certainly work with any one of us uh, the whole time. Um, but my what I think is going to be really fun is bouncing around from people and, and getting help from each one of us, depending on uh, your needs and our strengths. Gloria, is there anything else you want to share before we sign off on uh, today's show? No, just uh, again, thanks for having me on. I always enjoy it. You guys are always very easy to flow with. And, <laughs> it goes by uh, way too fast. It does. I think we, we, we did get on a completely different tangent, but it was exciting <laughs> to share my, <laughs> my enthusiasm with somebody who got it. I think when I started mm -hmm. jumping up and down about my walls, like, People around me were not sharing the same enthusiasm. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> Can I just say that, you know, I, I spent, I mentioned I spent some time at Lucidity with Angela here in Chattanooga, and there is nothing like spending an evening mm. or some time with another float center owner because yes. things, they get, like you just said, they get it. They understand that that shop talk in a way that no one else ever can. And by the way, I do want to inject right here. Um, I'm getting a second washer and dryer in my second location. Oh, Woo! I'm going to have two washers, two That's dryers. So exciting. Yes. Damn. So, Damn. I had to throw that in because we while we were getting excited about things that no one else gives a crap <laughs> right, about. Yeah. Exactly. We're going to drive that float 60 van down to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to start our laundry service. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. It'll That's be good. Right. It's funny those those services they they can't give you the soft towels that you want. You you have no. this vision of this luxurious spa feel and what yeah, it's going to be yeah. like, and and they look so happy in the brochure. But they're when great you touch for it, exfoliation. We call them the exfoliation <laughs> towels. That's funny. <laughs> Gloria, it always is a treat. It goes by so fast. Thank you so much for being an open book, sharing everything, and again, welcome to the team. We're so excited to have Thank you. you. This is going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. Before we close out, I want to say thank you so much to Floataway for supporting us. I'm excited Ginny and Colin are coming into the U.S. next month. They're going to be spending some time here. I hope I get to see them. At least they'll be in the same time zone, so maybe we can have some longer chats and not just emails back and forth because they are so much fun. And, um, oh, my gosh, if they're in the same time zone, maybe we should get them back on the show as well. That could be fun. Yeah, Colin, Colin's brain, man, it is, uh, it's a 
very exciting thing. There's a lot going on in there. He's got a lot of incredible <laughs> ideas, and his float tanks are absolutely beautiful, incredible, and uh, and he's got great opinions too, and he's not afraid to share them, which is fun. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and actually, I say U.S. They're they're building out of the U.S. too now, which helps with shipping. It means they can get their tanks to you faster as well, which is cool. So whether it's the float around, float cabin, tranquility, they've got a float tank that can fit your your space needs, all of that, and uh, you want to go to floataway.com to check it out, and go ahead and mention Art of the Float when you talk to them. Just let them know that uh, that you heard about them on, uh, on the show. All right. Well, in closing, thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we see all of you uh, signing up here before February. Now is the time so that you can get all these amazing photos in high resolution. We'll, we'll be getting those to you in February. Thank you for supporting us. It means a lot to us. And again, uh, artofthefloat.com forward slash consulting is where you want to go if you want to uh, get in touch with us about opening your float center and looking for some assistance. To all of you who are bookmarking Amazon, thank you. We feel you. Thank you. Every time you make a purchase, a couple ducats come our way and it just uh, helps support our show. Thank you. And... If you are opening your float center, if you're celebrating an anniversary, we're, we want to hear from you. Leave a speak pipe on your wins, on the lessons that you've learned. It's that gold bar on the left side of the screen if you go anywhere on the website. We want to hear from the community and share in those wins and in the lessons, of course, as well. Um, I think the only other thing I want to say is thanks to Kim for taking our show notes. It's been great having you on here, and uh, I love love uh, you listening to the show and writing up the notes. Appreciate it so much. To everybody else, remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing, so spend some time there. We'll see you next week. You have walls. Amy's got walls. Everybody gets walls. <laughs>